0: Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn
1: field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host,
0: Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. In today's episode we are going to talk about using Facebook ads and especially Facebook retargeting to boost your growth. And in today's episode, Mark is here as well. How's it going, Mark?
1: Hey, going good.
0: Cool. So let's be honest with the audience here. This is something I have done a lot more than you, so I'm probably going to talk most of that podcast.
1: I think a lot more is an exaggeration. I have never done this before. I have never (laughs) done any Facebook retargeting. But I think it's good because then I'm
0: going to be explaining stuff. And if it's not newbie friendly. You'll be able to. I'm ask going them. to be asking a lot of questions. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. So I think that's good, actually. But yeah, it's like I've done that quite extensively, and there's a pretty cool setup that I wanted to share with you guys. And unlike some other podcasts I've been listening to about Facebook ads, this is going to be very actionable. Like we're going to tell you exactly what you can do and which tools we use to do these things. But before that, let's start with the very basics. What is retargeting? What do you know about retargeting, Mark? What do you know about it?
1: So basically. You can somehow like cookie a user who's been to your site or clicked on a link or something like that. And anyone who has that cookie on their computer, you're able to serve ads to them somehow.
0: Yeah, essentially, essentially is that. I mean, clicking on the link, you can do that with some link shorteners. So, so something like Click Meta will allow you to, you know, put cookies on people clicking links, which is quite interesting because you can retarget on emails as well, by the way. You can actually put the the cookie on an email and if someone opens the email, you can retarget these people. So anywhere where you could inject is, is code,
1: that because there would be an image in the email that has the pixel the cookie. Yeah, or...
0: essentially it's like a one by one
1: pixel pixel. Right, okay.
0: And so as long as you can put images somewhere, you can inject the code and JavaScript. You can retarget someone whether it's on your website or on someone else's website, or anywhere that where people let you do that. And you know you could with a link if you use a specific link shortener like ClickMeter does it, and it's it's pretty powerful because it allows you to like have a very narrow audience, and I think that is. One of the reasons why retargeting is really good is, first of all, the audience is really narrow. You know, when you do targeting on Facebook, you often end up with like half a million to 10 million people in your audience. It's very broad. And the truth is, it's a truth that has always existed in marketing. It's like 80% of the money you spend is wasted. You just need to figure out which 80% it is. And retargeting essentially reduces the waste. And that's why it's so powerful. And it usually has a very, very high return investment, even if you're not a paid traffic guru. Even if, like I am not a cold traffic guru at all. It's like uh, I have made cold traffic, very few cold traffic campaigns work. I'm, I'm way more of an inbound guy and I make retargeting work very frequently. In our last launch for Authority Hacker Pro, just to give some numbers on the retargeting campaign, we spent $370 on retargeting. And we made over $15,000 of sales from these $370. So that's a pretty good return investment for someone who is definitely not a cold traffic slash PPC expert. I have spent less than maybe 200K on paid traffic I would say in my life. You so know?
1: would you say retargeting is like the low-hanging fruit, the first thing you should do when you're going for paid advertising then?
0: Well, it is if you have people to retarget. And so... That is the thing. A lot of people that build authority sites, they are grinding their organic traffic, they are grinding their social media traffic, they are grinding their SEO, they are grinding their referral traffic. They're doing all these things to, to, to grow their sites. And it's hard to grow this organic traffic, right? It's a lot of work, etc. And when you reach a certain point, when you get like a couple of hundred visits per day, then launching some retargeting is usually a better use of your time than grinding more organic traffic because it's so difficult, whereas with retargeting, you know with even five or ten bucks a day, you can start getting outsized results for the money you spend rather than if you spent it in buying more content or building links or anything that is growing your organic traffic. you know mm-hmm. it's hard like i am getting to the point where I really like see this balance it It usually would be around the, like maybe like 200, 300 visitors per day, I would say. That is when I would definitely stop playing with retargeting to achieve whatever goal. And we're going to talk about a bunch of goals in our stuff. And historically, retargeting has been quite complicated to set up. So initially it was just AdWords. And AdWords is really not user-friendly. They are releasing a new interface and I'm quite curious to check it out. But you know, historically, AdWords has been expensive. More expensive than Facebook for sure, and it's been quite complicated to set up, although it is very powerful because it plugs into your Google Analytics. and so you you're allowed to take any metrics in analytics and retarget people based on that, which is quite powerful. But Facebook ads came in and implemented retargeting something like two or three years ago, so it's definitely not brand new. And essentially it's very easy to use, it's very easy to launch. It's, it's much easier. and most importantly, it's much cheaper. Like you can get clicks for pennies. Where you would pay dollars on AdWords, so that is really why why is it
1: so much cheaper.
0: Well, I mean, first of all, I guess it's just there's less competition on Facebook per person. There is less ads. When you do retargeting, you're doing it on AdWords, which is a much older platform. So a lot of people have established campaign, unlike Facebook, which Facebook sees ad fatigue coming a lot faster than AdWords would. Therefore, the number of advertisers that want to show their ads on AdWords is is always much higher than on Facebook, usually. For now, like at the time at which we're recording this podcast, the market will even out eventually. But it's just because the platform is less old. And I think uh, Google takes more money as well than Facebook does. So for now, it's definitely much cheaper to retarget on Facebook. So if you put all of that together, that is pretty exciting to actually grow you stuff and uh, what i like as well is that facebook has this option called lookalike audiences and lookalike audiences is uh, essentially when you do facebook ads you have this conversion pixel you know on your thank you page so let's imagine that i'm doing a retargeting campaign for Atari Hacker pro which is our training program and uh, Essentially, I have a pixel on our thank you page that says to Facebook, Hey, that that person bowed, right? So Facebook can tell which type of people bowed and which type of people didn't. And when you have a hundred conversions in a given country, you have the option to say, Hey, Facebook, look at these hundred conversions we got. Can you find more people like these people? And it does. It actually creates that audience where it's finding people that haven't visited your site for that, in that case, or some of them might. But very few. It creates the 1% of the population of that country. It creates an audience of the 1% of the population of that country that matches the most the audience that actually converted for you. And if you cross that with. When interest, you say
1: match, you mean like demographically and things like that? Yeah, like
0: the that Facebook has, depending on how complete the profile is, depending on a bunch of things, it's going to vary, but it's going to take the 1% that matches the most with the people that converted. And so that is a good way to expand to cold traffic. That is a smart way to expand to cold traffic. And usually you don't just use this lookalike audience, you actually combine it with interest. So for example, for us, I'd be like, people who buy Atari Hacker Pro, that are also fans of Spatfin, for example. Like or some, someone big in our audience, uh, in our niche story. And uh, that would give me maybe like 50,000, 60,000 people that are quite likely to be buyers. You know, And these people... And I'll talk about that later, but essentially these people I would start advertising my blog post to them to just introduce them to the brand. So retargeting is the starting point to all of that, right? Which is kind of cool. And as an added bonus, on any Facebook ad you do, you have this like button on the ad, right? So you tend to get a bunch of likes as you run these campaigns. And so that grows your Facebook page, which in turn grows your social proof. It grows your organic reach. It gives you... Your blog post you share on that page more likes, which makes them look more popular, which incites people to share. It's kind of like a nice little are those circle, when yeah. someone
1: clicks like on one of your retargeting ads. Do you pay for that, or is it just when they click no, on the actual it's kind ad? Of like,
0: yeah, it's kind of like a free engagement thing. It's it's okay. free basically. It's, it's like you pay per impression per thousand impression anyway. Oh, right, okay. So whatever people do with your impressions, it's up to them. But that's why you're optimizing to lower your cost per click, cost per acquisition, et cetera. And essentially it is just getting more people out of a thousand people that view your ad to take action. So that is pretty cool. Now let's talk a little bit about the setup that we're using, which is not cost money, and it's paid traffic anyway, so it will cost money, but it's not very expensive. The, f- the setup is you need two tools. First of all, we use AdEspresso to manage our ads, we don't use the Facebook Power Editor. And the reason why I like it is it because it plugs into the second tool, which is Active Campaign, our email list, right? Uh, a lot of the business that we run is run through email, or people need to opt in at some point. And so AdEspresso has this API integration that allows you to say, hey, people who have this tag should go in this audience on Facebook and people who have this tag should go in this or other audience, etc. It allows you to use the power of active campaign automations to essentially build your Facebook audiences. And I'm going to give a bunch of examples, but for example, if someone didn't open our emails for 30 days, then they get tagged like disengaged and then they get into a re-engagement sequence and because that tag is added, it also allows me to put them into a specific audience on Facebook and show them different ads, for example, right? So these two things together are actually quite powerful and you can use the power of Active Campaign and of the crazy marketing automation it allows you to do, to also match the Facebook ads to whatever automation people are in. Essentially it's an extension of email, right? Does it make sense so far? Sort of. (laughs) Okay, and now I'm gonna talk about real life examples right i'm going to talk about things you can do and how they work so that it gives a more descriptive version of things right okay. and And I would say like when you reach this this threshold, which I say is around two hundred thousand visitors per day on your site. What I would probably do is I would set up my catch-all campaign, my default campaign. And you know that is the campaign that is going to be defaulting to people if I have no more targeted campaigns to show them in the future, which I'm bu- going to build in the future. But I'm just going to build my default one. For Health Ambition, that'd be probably like seven tips to live 10 years younger, for example. Some kind of opt-in that then probably would sell our 30 days to better life product that we sell on Health Ambition. And so I would retarget people most likely with... An opt-in page. So I would take my drive landing pages. I would build a quick opt-in page. I would have an image of the ebook, the PDF people can download. And essentially, if you have visited our site and you are not in our email list, because I can track the conversion on Facebook, then I would show you the ad that says, "Hey, click here to download this free ebook," right? And people would land on the opt-in page and join our list. And hopefully, I have some sales sequence that follows that up. And that can be a very cheap way to grow your email list and basically get people in, right? And to talk about someone that uses that, they don't use it for an, a lead magnet, it's Neil Patel. He uses it for his evergreen webinar on his website. He actually has an ad that follows you if you read the blog, and it says, hey, come and watch the webinar, and on the webinar he makes a cell and he has a cell sequence that is tied to that, right? That also works with, you know, for example, an evergreen launch. Like We have one live on Authority Hacker right now and one live on Health Ambition. That, the, the evergreen launch, you can set up with the new uh, Thrive Ultimatum plugin. And it works really well. It just allows you to say, hey, download this free lead magnet. Then people download the lead magnet and essentially they enter the evergreen launch where they have like seven days to buy the product. And you're going to be emailing them, but at the same time you have been catching them with the ads because they didn't opt-in on your site initially.
1: So basically it's just people who came to your site for a piece of content and didn't stay long enough to opt-in for something.
0: Or did not see it or whatever. You know, So many people have so many reasons. Yeah. To like Their browser was buggy and didn't show the pop-up, or they didn't reach the end of the content, they didn't see the upgrade. All these people you can catch back and you can usually get opt-ins for less than a dollar Doing that, I mean, uh, I think we're down to like we went down to like zero point four dollars when we were promoting webinars. That is very cheap, like Mm -hmm. especially in some of the niches in which we are. It's pretty easy to make a profit on that cost.
1: I see this a lot whenever I uh, visit Indiegogo as well. Every popular campaign seems to follow me around Facebook as well.
0: Yeah, essentially it's like, hey, you didn't take action, go and check it out. That is the default campaign. Like you should at least have one for your entire site and then you will refine the strategy later when you get to higher levels of traffic, when you have more offers to promote, that kind of stuff.
1: How do you and, allocate a budget to it?
0: Well, I mean, to be frank, if you want to be scientific, you should look at you know, how much you make per email from the people that actually opt in on your site. So like, you look at how much money you made and how many emails you collected, essentially, and you divide it. And let's say you make $1.2 per email over two or three months, whatever it is. Um, then you just set that limit and you can see your cost per conversion on Facebook. And essentially you keep tweaking your campaign until you get under that number.
1: And do you find that the amount of money you make from retargeting emails is usually similar to... Regular email sign-ups. To be honest, I would less... have
0: tracked that. I haven't tracked it yet. To be honest, but right now I'm just assuming it's going to be the same. And in the end, when you're running these campaigns, there's a mix of both, so it's kind of averaged, you know. Yeah. So I haven't been tracking specifically retargeting emails. I know I need to do that. That's going to be the next step. But because we have some campaigns that are like so profitable, they kind of even if some of them are losing a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of money, it would take like a hundred years to actually make it for the profit you've you've made before. Mm-hmm. So it's like overall, it's, it's a pretty profitable venture. I'm not going to lie that we've, ta- we've tracked and we've noticed that 30% or whatever. No, nope, we haven't done that yet. But maybe in the next podcast. So once you have your, your kind of like initial micro funnel, really it's a micro funnel. It's just the opt-in you have on your site that then puts people to exact same sales funnel. So it's just one page to build. Once you have that, then that's when you can start being a little bit more granular the same way we do it with opt-in pop-ups. You know, It's like when we launch a site, there's one opt-in pop-up across the whole site, then when a category grows and gets a bunch of traffic, then we're like, okay, if we actually make a specific opt-in pop-up for that page, it's probably going to get, it usually triples or quadruples the opt-in, right? Well, the same is true for retargeting. Essentially, it's the exact same principle. So what you can do is instead of targeting your whole site, you can target a specific category. And the way you do that on Facebook is you can choose specific calls that are in a URL, So for example, on the health ambition retargeting, if there is juice or juicing in the email, you are in the juicing list and you get different ads. So the things that we do for these things as well. Oh, by the way, another thing I wanted to say for the default campaign is we retarget people with the opt-in usually for 14 to 45 days. If people have been seeing the ads for up to 45 days, they haven't opted in. I mean, they're probably not a very warm lead. So you might as well stop. But what we do as well is when we release a, group, like a blog post that is of quality, then we retarget these people for up to six months, actually. That gives them the occasion to keep engaging with the site. That gives us more social signals when we do outreach for link building, it looks better, et cetera. And eventually, you know, they might be opting in when they click through to the link. So that is, that is what we do with the generic one. Now, let's go back to the specific one about the categories. That one is especially powerful with tripwire funnels or niche affiliate offers, right? So, if I take the example of juicing, there is one offer that works really well on juicing right now. It's like Organifi by Drew Canoli, which we don't promote right now, but which we, we could definitely promote that affiliate offer by probably putting our free juicing opt in and just having a follow up that promotes the offer. Or in our case, we actually promote our juicing ebook and we retarget the people that are not subscribers once again with that niche date magnet. We also retarget the people that opted in with the sales page. So once you are in the sales funnel, what you can do as well, it's like, even though you have their email, it's like, it's not guaranteed they will open and click the emails. However, you can also show them the sales page on their Facebook feed if you have enough people on your sales funnel, right? And usually you want to retarget people with your sales pages for as long as you are emailing about the offer. So if you're emailing for two weeks or three weeks, then that's how long you want to be retargeting as well, right? And... What I like as well to actually put people into these more niche things. So if like, we want to put people in a juicing category on House Ambition, if we want to put people, uh, we have the affiliate blueprint that we sell on Toria Hacker, then what we like to do is actually creating in our autoresponder. I like to have, after people have had the welcome sequence, they like, what's going on? What are we about? Then we have a best of post sequence that is emailed every Friday that essentially sends an email about an old blog post every Friday to people, and what that does is it gets people to, even if they didn't opt in on the juicing category, let's say they opted in on an apple cider vinegar post, for example, then I still email them like juicing for weight loss as a blog post, and then when they click, they have the opportunity to actually download the lead magnet and enter the niche sales sequence. So you can kind of like redistribute your entire list to all these micro funnels by having a best of sequence after people opt in and just emailing them a blog post or two every week. And so they have the opportunity to click and actually join them. Mm -hmm. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Cool. So that is essentially how we use the specific one, right? Now that is how you essentially deal with cold traffic, but there's more than that. If you're gonna be making sales, you need to also retarget your email subscribers a little bit differently. So as I said earlier, another automation that we use, for example, is people who don't open the emails anymore. So if you don't open the emails for 30 days on Atari Hacker, by the way, you know, open them if you want to keep receiving them. Essentially, you get into a re-engagement sequence for a week where we like say, What's up? And if you still haven't opened any email, you get unsubscribed. You're just out of our email list. You won't receive emails anymore. And that helps us over- increase our open rate, click through rate, and get higher deliverability for the people that actually care about what we're emailing. And so, you send people, when they are tagged as disengaged, you send people all these emails to remind them to open your emails and show them some cool content, etc. But you can also, with Campaign, you can actually put this tracking code on your site. And it tags people as active again when they visit your site as well, not just when they open your emails. And so you can retarget people essentially with blog posts. right? You can say, hey, on Monday show them this, on Tuesday show them this. Not exactly on Monday because you can't do that on on Facebook where you can say on day one show that, day two show that, et cetera. So you can retarget people with your best blog post when they are into this re-engagement sequence. And if they click, they are retagged as active and they are back to your, they won't be unsubscribed because they seem to be engaging with your brand again. Or you can also retarget people with a link to update their email address. That is another opportunity. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Cool. Another thing you can do with your email subscribers is you can... Take the very engaged people, the people that visit your site two or three times in a week, for example, and for that, you actually need the higher level of active campaign to have the contact scoring, and you can essentially put sales in front of them. So imagine someone just discovered us and is reading three of our blog posts. They read one on Monday, they read one on Wednesday, and they read one on Thursday. Well, from the point they read the third blog post, within seven days. I know they're super hot, right? So I can be like, hey, Atari Hacker Pro is closed right now, but you know, I'm gonna let you in for whatever price this is for the next 24 hours. Click here to learn more. And then people, only these people will see this ad. And because I know they're super warm, they could actually be joining in, and I don't have to wait till the launch so that people actually are super, like people don't get cold, they actually buy when they're warm. And so that is a pretty powerful way to retarget your email subscribers as well. And finally, let's talk about lookalike audiences, actually. So once you've done all this stuff, which is essentially the stuff we use for retargeting, you can start doing your lookalike audiences. So what I recommend is that you don't start this until you are actually making sales, so I recommend you make a hundred sales of a product inside a specific country. So, hundred sales of our ebook in the US, for example. Then you can create a lookalike audience and start promoting your blog posts that get the highest opt-in rate to these lookalike audiences. These lookalike audiences. Just a does...
1: question: You're waiting for a hundred sales. Is that to make the lookalike audience yeah, more you... accurate?
0: No, it's, you cannot make it if you don't have a hundred points of data.
1: Okay, it's a limitation I see.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't be accurate. And even at 100 it's like low accuracy, you know? Yeah. Like the more cells you make, the more accurate it gets. Yeah, sure. So, um, that's why you need to regenerate it regularly. It doesn't do that automatically actually. So, essentially you make your 100 cells through you know, your your classic retargeting, through promoting to your email list or whatever it is. And it needs to be within the last 6 months as well. After that it expires. And then you make a lookalike audience and then you start putting, you find, we use ThriveLeads for that and we see the opt-in rate on each blog post, right? So you look at the blog post opt-in rate and you're like, okay, this blog post and this blog post get the highest opt-in rate. Let's open up to cold traffic. And what you do is you take this lookalike audience and you cross it with interest, right? If you just take the lookalike audience, it's still going to be pretty broad. It's like in the US, that's like 1.2 million people, I think. Mm -hmm. But if you cross it, as I said, with if we're inducing, that's going to be like Drew Canoli, who is like a big guy inducing, Jay Shoreditch, or whatever his name is as well. Basically, we will cross it with like big sites in the niche. And that's going to give us a much smaller audience. That's going to give us an audience between you know, 50,000 and 200,000 people that are demographically similar to the people that bought the product and that are also like liking the topic. And so these are great people to actually promote your blog post to for engagement. And then when they click through the link, they get to your retargeting campaign as well, et cetera, et cetera. So they essentially enter the funnel and that's how you introduce cold traffic and you scale up with with lookalike audiences. So another thing I would also recommend is that you make a lookalike audience for the people that are disengaged, the people that stopped opening your emails. You can do negative audiences as well, right? So you can say, show it to these people But anyone that matches these criterias, please don't show my ads. So people that stopped opening your emails, disengaged, etc., they probably have some similar criterias as well, whether it's like income, place where they live, whatever it is. And you can make a lookalike audience and make them a negative audience when you're doing cold traffic. And that removes a lot of people that will have the tendency to engage at the beginning, then stop engaging, essentially.
1: Do, Do you do that for all of your Facebook ad campaigns?
0: Well, I mean, when you get to actually promoting to cold traffic through lookalike audiences, yeah, because by the time you've made 100 sales, you have a bunch of people that were disengaged already. And so, so usually you have that data, it's pretty easy, because you have 100 people disengaged if you made 100 sales, that's for sure. And so yeah, yeah, that allows you to improve the accuracy of your audience even more, and that's what you really want. And now there's actually a new option in Facebook that allows you to cross to interest, right? So I could say, target people who like Pat Flynn and digital marketer. And match this lookalike audience. That's going to be a much smaller audience, but these people are like the hardcore blog readers. And these are the great people you want to target. And that's how you reduce your cost per lead, cost per sale, and essentially make cold traffic work. So I'm going to be concluding here. That was a long talk. I need to drink. So it's like, you know, people like these episodes packed with heavy information. So here you go, guys. So the conclusion is, well, Facebook ads do cost money. Especially more than writing your own content. But if you are outsourcing a bunch of stuff, it actually makes sense to start investing in it pretty early. Even if it's five or 10 or 20 bucks a day, you can get much better results than investing five or 10 bucks a day in content when you already have it rolling and when you already have traffic. So that is what I recommend. Basically, grind your inbound. Then start with retargeting, then expand to cold traffic using the inbound you've built. And by the way, the social proof you get from the page likes is also great. And all your blog posts will get more social signals, which should help with a bunch of stuff. And overall, I think that's why it's like we started full inbound, we started full SEO. And now we're kind of going like with a mixed range where most of the paid marketers they, they buy the cold traffic, then they do inbound to engage them. We do inbound for cold traffic, then we use retargeting to engage them. That's a little bit of a reverse model. But it is much, much more cost efficient than buying cold traffic right away. So, any question?
1: (laughs) Yeah, just to clarify, you said after you get to about 200 visitors a day, that's the point you start looking at this then, yeah.
0: Yeah, 200, 300 visitors per day, I would say. Before that, you should probably just grind your, your inbound marketing.
1: Okay, makes sense.
0: Cool. Well, that was a, a long monologue, guys. <laughs> that was a weird one. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you want one of our free trainings on affiliate marketing, you can go on authorityhacker.com slash bonus. And all you have to do is review us on iTunes and you get a free one plus hour training on affiliate marketing for that. So for everyone that reviewed us, thank you very much. I see the reviews are growing, so it's going well. And thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium
1: Authority Hacker training.